0: I mean, this is so anti. Establishmentarianism? It's one of the longest words in English. Well.
1: <laughs> no, it's very anti what I want to talk about. Basically, we keep eating and getting food. When and you were want... talk about getting
0: the other direction? MTG fitness? Yeah,
1: MTG fit. Well, not MTG fit. But, um... Oh, yeah, but one interesting thing I wanted to talk to you about it was, again, last show I attributed wrongly uh, something that pv wrote to, to lsv which is uh aggro control is the best deck if, if it's actually a deck in the format but of course um that that was a different time and you said that th- things are different now and they are and i'm pretty sure pv would feel the same way
0: yeah or lsv who wrote the thing which you misattributed to pv
1: pv wrote it what? PV wrote it? That's yeah. thought LSV wrote it and you misattributed that, it. I, it was the other way around. I, I, so you attributed to LSV but yeah. it was actually PV? You sure right. it wasn't PV and LSV? I mean, that's also possible. You sure it wasn't PV? I thought it was Zvi. <laughs> now I'm confused. Mike Flores didn't write that? No, Mike Flores <laughs> definitely, <laughs> definitely didn't write that. Mike um, Flores definitely didn't write that. But what's interesting, he wrote something else. Uh, PV about fitness and, and everything, and how I wanted to get your take about how sometimes you get these articles where people put a paragraph in there about like getting good sleep, about you know eating well and stuff like that. Oh, and, and we haven't come to that in our podcast yet. So, and he okay, said, drink a lot of water,
0: <laughs> make sure to stay hydrated during the event. It's better to get a lot of sleep than not enough sleep. Make sure to eat healthy meals on a regular basis. I mean, like, everybody just says that in an article. Everybody at some point writes an article where they mention that. And it's just, like, remember to breathe and not die from asphyxiation. You know, like, remember to actually, like, grab the cards every turn. Like, what? how obvious do you have to get? Like, people are reading a magic article. They've got at least a certain level of intelligence already,
1: right? You know? People don't do it. They they don't do it, but, like, PV said that it... He think it's pretty minor like the improvement it might be like uh he might perform five percent better or something like he's like the that he often can't sleep before an event probably five hours he's he, i think he said something like that and that the amount of misplays is probably that that he misses due to missing those one or two hours is probably overrated yeah. would you agree with that i don't know for me i think
0: the quality of my sleep is hugely important actually I think that I play way worse when I'm tired and I think part of it is that when you're tired you sometimes don't even notice that you're playing badly mm. you know like no, the hard, one of the hardest things in Magic is to notice when you screw up like playing well is you know nobody plays perfectly so it's like all a question of like not only pl- making as few mistakes as possible but identifying the mistakes that you actually do make so that you can improve on them in the future or you know so you can you know figure out what to do next because you know you have to recover from that mistake or whatever Um, I think that's that's valuable and for me certainly my, my, my sleep is important it might be partly that I play magic less on an intuitive level and more on a like processing level so I have to actually figure out a lot of the stuff that I'm doing right then uh, so I can't just like rely on the fact that I've done this a tons of tons of times before. But I thought polo usually functions like that, so it's unusual. One thing that, you know, it's been a, a controversial topic in the past is like people taking Adderall for magic tournaments. And I what I've heard is that it doesn't necessarily benefit you that much in like if you're in a really good state of mind and everything, but if you're Feeling sick, or you haven't slept, or something, that it brings you up to like as if you were in peak state, you know. Um, hmm. I've I've never taken it myself. I'm kind of I'm kind of curious to be I'm honest. Curious. Yeah. I but I'm also
1: scared. So cowardice wins out as usual. I'm curious. I've heard stories. I've heard stories of, in the magic world, in the poker world, um, and uh, yeah, I'm interested how much of an effect because for for me a lot of stuff oh. like. Um, like caffeine or, or Red Bulls, they don't have I don't feel like they have a huge impact on me. Uh, maybe like the only impact that I actually feel is like sometimes unless I'm really tired I do find trouble sleeping but I like, I, I just have this um, sensation in my head that I, I know I can't just like drop asleep but there's often times where I'm so tired I can chug a red Bull and I'm still passing out. So yeah for me, one of, before big tournament, I'm, okay, I'm not, a, I'm not a
0: huge coffee drinker or anything. I have I think I have tea, like, once a day on average. Uh, but I try and avoid caffeine altogether, like, the couple of weeks before a tournament. And then if I really need it, then I'll have coffee in the morning, and then I get a, a bigger boost from it. Rather than, like, they've shown studies that if you're a regular coffee drinker, after your coffee, you're at the same level as someone who doesn't take caffeine at all right. is, without anything. But that if you take nothing and then you do take coffee or, or tea, then you get a, you get a spike. And obviously, it's it's good to sh- to stay sharp, you know. But in general, I try and I try and avoid most most stimulants or uh, of any kind. I'm I'm,
1: I'm pretty au natural. <laughs> it's it's a shame I like coffee so much. I can't do. Optimal cycling. We're having some some delicious coffee right now. Yeah, I'm gonna have some tomorrow morning. So I can't do like the optimal cycling for turn. Maybe. (laughs) maybe. How many
0: hours do you sleep a night? (laughs) (laughs) That's just not
1: enough, right? Right. It's not enough. I remember. Okay, this is
0: this is how much of a grinder you are. You were like, you were like going you're going to bed with your wife and oh then God. secretly waking up at oh night no. No. <laughs> to like, a couple hours later to, like, go and grind at the casino all night, and then you come back home before she'd woken up and go to sleep and pretend like you've been there the whole time. Is this true or false? No comment. All right, so... <laughs> that, that is not a healthy amount of sleep. Correct. Yeah, so you do I, need coffee to
1: survive if you're not sleeping enough. At some point, it's like, uh... You no, know, it's sort of funny or... or Badge of honor of being like a nighthawk or like on Facebook, honestly if you have me as a Facebook friend, I'm probably one of the few people who are who's almost always online. Yeah, but, but will never respond. Or sometimes. <laughs> and um but but that's not something like I'm proud of. I think the term's usually night owl, not night hawk. Hawk sounds cooler, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, it's cool to say you're night hawk. It's not cool to say you're night owl. What about food, though? Are you, you're not that specific, are you? For, for a tournament? What you eat, like... So, I often don't eat, like... I don't eat regularly
0: during a tournament. I often eat, like, basically just at the end of the day. Somehow, like, I found that when I often I eat, I get, like, groggy or whatever. And there's, there's a variety of things. I know, like, Su Ching Kuo, who used to play, he wouldn't eat or drink the whole time during a tournament. He'd say, like, you drink, you have to go, feel like you have to go to the bathroom to eat, you get groggy, and, like you'd be, you know, in, like, a type of fast, basically, during the whole time. I don't quite do that. I like to drink regularly, but I don't eat, and I think somewhat, it, like, I get some of the maybe adrenaline, like, survival mode a little bit, and I maybe play sharper that way, but I, you know, I don't have enough sample size to really say, because, you know, some people are like, oh, I, I, I always win tournaments, I never sleep, because they won at one PTU one time when they didn't right. sleep, and it's like that... You know, luck can balance out for a lot of other things. You don't have enough sample. And that's kind of what Magic's all about,
1: though, drawing conclusions from small samples. <laughs> Extrapolating without yeah. having to play a thousand games. Yeah. Um, yeah, because I can easily make that conclusion for my first PTQ win. I won it with four to five hours of sleep. I was either, like... So you slept twice your usual? <laughs> twice my usual. I was probably, like, modal drafting, because it was uh, corset sealed. But, you know, when you open Spectral Ward in your seal pool, um, and then you draft white-red when, when it's consensus the best colors because they contain Triple Good Spirits and Cone of Flame. I mean, I don't think, like, I can say, oh, I didn't need sleep to perform well. Um, you know, I had five hours in good cards, so so who knows? I can't, I can't say that from there. There's a
0: variety of things that go into good tournament performance, right? There's your natural skill, there's your preparation, and then there's your, you know, physical state of mind. And then, obviously, there's luck. So, I know that, like, you know, chess grandmasters and stuff, they they keep themselves physically very fit, and they think it's important for, like, endurance of long chess matches. And in Magic, we don't really have that thing. A lot of the best Magic players are not in good shape. I'm not in particularly great shape myself, but I've been in, in worse shape in the past. And I've been in better shape in the past, but... Uh, like, I actually was in pretty good shape when I won the the, P, the PT for whatever that's worth, but I've been like, you know, on the cruise ship I was swimming 100 laps every night and also I was devouring a bunch of delicious food and stuff, so there's a mixed bag there, but I think there is something to be said about that, that, you know, having having stamina is valuable and being in better physical shape I think will lead to some advantages in in tournaments as well
1: but I think Well, I guess I guess we both feel that okay for you it's probably a huge difference probably like the sleep from like five the difference between five and eight hours for you maybe 20 percent
0: yeah maybe the thing is also with me the I, I my baseline like even when I'm playing badly is is pretty high but, like, so for me, an edge that I can gain is a lot smaller than an edge you can gain from something. Like, I'm. Right, right. I if I can that. gain a 1% edge, that's a huge deal for me at the levels I play at. Whereas at the levels you play at, you probably need a 5% edge for it to be worth putting in a lot of effort to get, let's say. Um, and that's something to consider as well. But I think, I do think lack of sleep affects me really strongly. And I
1: frankly think don't think I'm a very good player when I haven't slept well, so. <laughs> but, like, sleep, way important, diet and, and stuff like that, probably... Less Far, far, far less. less. Far less for me, And, yeah. and you might... Like, that comment you made about um, the elite, it reminds me of uh, golf and poker when they start to hire, like, psychologists, because they got the game ready, then they had to find other places that might give them a huge boost and I don't know if it's true but their thinking was like okay I've I've got the best like golf swing coach or whatever but what if I maybe I have a big gap or big boost I can get from mental coaching and and that's why they hire these sports psychologists to have like okay me and you were close in in golfing skill, but my mental skill is now way higher because I have a, a, a psychologist yeah no I think that's a big game I think
0: people don't Really understand or value like both mental health or mental strength. Um, you know, like one of the, the, the top eight competitors at the most recent Mythic Championship, uh, Tian Win, uh, I think is how he pronounced his last name. He he said like one of his proudest non-magic accomplishments was getting therapy, right? Right. And that uh, he said that he think it helped him a lot with with his magic game. And I, I think that makes a lot of sense. I think there's that maybe I wonder that in my like PTQ days where I would always come a little bit short, if there wasn't something in my head holding me back that I was like scared of reaching the next level, that like you know I was afraid of success, and you know I like I didn't had never day two to GP until I already played a PT, so like the barrier to playing professional REL, I was like, you know, nervous about it or whatever. Maybe and you know, maybe I was holding myself back at some level. I didn't really want to win. And I still don't know if that's that's the case or not. I do know that one thing I did was in local events I used to split the finals all the time. I probably talked to you then about this before. And then when I get the PTQ finals I would often lose. And so the local venture just stopped splitting in the finals. And I would, I would crush people, and I gained like a bit more confidence there. And I felt like you know, I shouldn't be drawing or doing any of this stuff. I'm just playing a tournament. I'm going to try and win the tournament. And then I eventually did win a PTQ. And actually, they, they post the stats of win percentage in elimination rounds, and i have one of the top five, I think. In, in what? In of, the. Uh, if, of, of PTs and GPs. Whoa. think Championship. I think it's like Kai is number
1: one or something, and I'm like number four or five. I mean, the, the challenge with all this mental stuff, it's like hard to quantify and some of it feels silly for like, I saw uh, the GSP documentary or, or, or I've even seen videos of him, like one of the greatest mixed martial artists of our time of ever and he said that after he lost uh, a very heartbreaking match, he saw a psychologist who told him to carry a rock in his bag. And that would be like sort of like his his burden, his weight that he would feel, not just mentally, but physically. And at some point, his task was to drop that rock in like a river or something.
0: And then, yeah, and then like he's he's mentally put put his like emotions of, of carrying this burden around or whatever associated with the rock. And now like something in his, his brain yeah
1: we really have no idea yeah. like does that actually work it's like it's it, well, sounds, like, look, it like, could like, sound crazy
0: to some people right I mean, all this stuff sounds crazy but if you also think about it meta, right and with when they're doing pharmaceutical studies they always compare the effect of the the drug versus a placebo right like sugar pill why do they have to do that instead of comparing it to people taking nothing well because it turns out a lot of people who take the fake pills get better because just they believe it in their head so we, we have no idea. Why does this happen? Like you're they're literally taking a pill that has sugar in it, and their cancer is getting better or whatever, right? It's we're not. It's not like uh, you know. You can understand this for you know for like mental illness maybe, right? That it's like oh some psychological effect there, but it's literally physical illness. Like they have like you know some kind of rash, and they take sugar pills and they get better. Right. It's like How does this happen? It's just because like somehow your body believing it and you being in like a positive state of mind like helps everything. It's just like people who are severely depressed feel physical pain as well. Like, and, and it's like our mind and our body are just like connected. We don't really understand the connection fully. There's more and more stuff that we're learning about things like. I know someone who is, is studying like you know neurobiology and stuff, and he's, he's saying that like they've done things on mice with they have put this algae basically into their brains, and like. So that different amounts of light light up different parts parts of the brain, they can effectively remote control mice by like lighting up different sectors <laughs> of the brains to yeah, move yeah. them around. am using this algae, like it's, it's messed up, right? Like this thing, we it's just so weird. As we're in a completely new world and we're just discovering more and more stuff, like I don't, we don't really understand that connection. So even though a lot of this stuff sounds like you know, people trying to sell me some fish, oil. fish oil or whatever. Yeah, yeah, snake oil. I snake know, oil. Yeah. It's, but who knows? Maybe there is something. And don't 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 completely count it out, right? It can't hurt. Some of these stuff stuff can't hurt. And maybe maybe I should carry a rock around.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um, yeah. It's hard to tell. It's definitely hard to tell. Um, Especially, I mean, I, I mean, especially like the top of the top are, are probably paying the top dollar for these psychologists. they yeah. paying for the best sports psychologists in the world. Well, at the top of the top, they also
0: assume they have some sort of data collection to decide that it's actually worth the money they're spending on these people. So we don't really have anything of that point in magic because we don't have that money in magic for to be worth it really to have like team coaches and team psychologists and team nutritionists and stuff when we get to that point then oh you you bet all the pros are gonna have workout regimens and nutritional regimens and they're gonna live in a house and they're supposed to do this and that and there's gonna have someone someone putting a rock in their bag i'm sure at some point you know after they they lose some tight match playing for top eight you know like but we're we're not there and i don't know if honestly we'll ever be there because i don't i don't know if magic as an esport is gonna ever grow to that level I'm, I'm hoping for a, like, 5x increase, you know? But, <laughs> but
1: like, we'll probably only see
0: that stuff when we see, like, a 20x increase.
1: I've also read, like, research that meditation is good for you. And yeah. I wonder why, though, like, from a, from a evolution standpoint. Like, how, why... Why it might have been good for people in the past to, to meditate? Well, I don't know if it, I don't know if
0: it necessarily was so good for people in the past. I think nowadays we're so disconnected from the reality in the present moment. We're on our phones all the time. We're always thinking about like you know oh did I leave the keys here? Did I like pay this bill, what yeah. am I going to do tomorrow, my boss saying, great me, this and that. And we don't just walk around and like look at the, the sky and look at the trees or whatever, because often we can't see the sky or the trees and where we live. Right. And we're just looking on our phones while we cross the street, or we're in our car listening to a podcast by a couple of guys having coffee, you know, it's like... <laughs> Like, I, I think there's definitely something to be alive and be in the present moment. Like, uh, something I studied a lot of was, like, Eastern uh, philosophy, basically, you know, Zen Buddhism and Taoism, and I was pretty fascinated by that stuff. It's very different from Western philosophy, which I also did a lot of learning of in, in, in my spare time, but... And kind of being, accepting where you are, being present in the moment... All that stuff, you know, you can understand how that has psychological benefits compared to just having windmills in your mind, right? Where you go deeper and deeper into thought patterns of oh, I can't believe I punted that match. Oh, I would have, I would be locked for top rate right now if this had happened. Instead of like, la 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 la. Oh, I'm playing a match right now. Instead of like, oh, I can't believe I'm unlucky in this match. Like, last match I screwed it up. I'm gonna, th- I threw it all away. It's all my fault. Well, no, if you're just focusing on what you're playing, doing right now, you know. I think that that is one strength I have, is that I'm good at focusing in on the the present moment. I have a very good ability to focus. And so when I'm playing a match of magic, I'm able, most of the time, to eliminate the outside world and just, this match of magic is what I'm focusing on. Now, when I'm streaming, it's that the The lesson is to not just do that. So maybe it makes me worse than magic. I don't know, <laughs> but it's uh, it's it's valuable because you don't want to think about what this match means if you win. You don't want to think about how you screwed up your last match, even how you screwed up that last turn. You just want to think what is the best play for me to do right now. What yeah. should I be doing? It's a ch- it's a challenge. It is, yeah. All this we, we have the we have some practices. Kids playing chess, right? Of. Uh, doing that stuff to a certain extent though I remember as a kid playing chess I was I used to be a lot worse at it I'd be like thinking about an episode of the Simpsons I saw last night or whatever nonsense (laughs) because my opponent was playing so slowly because I was like you know seven years old playing against some 40 year old man (laughs) I get up run around the room come back they're still thinking about their move
1: (laughs) What's it. all this to bring it back to the topic I want to talk about is our our experiences with uh, different weight loss techniques and, and, and diets that we've heard. Like, you know, there's been a lot of craze over keto or paleo over, over the last few years. Well, you and lost 200 pounds on paleo, right? I lost almost 200. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm currently 200, <laughs> which is my all-time high. Um, but that's largely. You know, I, I don't you believe know. it. You look good. You look good. Thank you. Thank you. I think, I think it's, the thing is, like, like a lot of different vices or temptations or, or things. Like, if, if people weren't tempted, I, I imagine there'd be a lot more fit people. But me, like, I love food. I love ramen. I love... Um, I mean, you know, again, earlier
0: in this podcast, I said I wasn't going to go deep on capitalism. But, you know, <laughs> they make these delicious food things so that they can sell them. So they can make yeah. like, money. They, they add sugar and salt to all this pr- stuff that we eat because it's addictive and it makes us want to eat more and so we're fat right versus like you know in the, let's say 50 years ago people would cook all their food at home with natural ingredients and stuff they wouldn't add sh- sugar and salt to everything and but now there's just corporations have done all this put a lot of money and in studies into figuring out how to make their product the most addictive they can you know so that after you eat one you want to have another like you know literally lays chips right it's like bet you can't eat just one well that, that's <laughs> That's their logo, right? Like slogan, <laughs> and that, that's how it is. So that it's it's very easy to get fat, and there's all these different diets you can you can do, and I think a lot of them work if you actually stick to them. They basically all work. The question is, what happens when you stop sticking to them? Because, like I've done low carb things in the past, and it's very effective at the beginning. You also lose a huge amount really quickly, and it's and that's like satisfying. You feel good about it, right? But the problem is when you you fall off the train and at some point you fall off the train at some point you want to have like <laughs> oh, a, me... a piece of cake on like you know whatever some somebody's 80th birthday or whatever you know and and then oh that cake is so good you know and yeah. then like you yeah. start thinking oh maybe I, re- I want to have like a piece of bread or whatever because I haven't had bread in ages and, and eventually you fall off and you fall hard and then you gain the weight
1: back really quickly um I still remember the first time you did the diet since I knew you, and there was a huge difference. You would go, we would go to either A and W or Wendy's, and you would get like salad, no dressing or something, right? Yeah, or something like whatever the most extreme, low calorie thing there is, and and yeah, you you look great, like not dramatic, dramatic difference when like when you did it for a while, and then I see you again in at the store, I think the old store. It yeah, was I like, mean, like what?
0: I, mean, I was like two hundred and fifty pounds at some point, and then I was—I got down to like in my lowest, lowest at my current height. In it was a bit before actually that I started basically playing pro magic. I was one hundred and sixty pounds. Yeah, like what? and I'm a bit over six feet. Like I was pretty, pretty skinny, though. Of course, at the time, having been a, a fat kid and losing weight, you don't feel skinny, and you sort of realize that like. You have, you have to have exterior motives for wanting to be skinny other than just wanting to be skinny because the satisfaction isn't necessarily there. It's not just about, like... You don't feel better magically, you know?
1: You want to just... You
0: should be want to be healthy and stuff, but... Um,
1: it's tough. I'll, I'll tell you my motive. The first time I, I did paleo, and I actually went from roughly 200 to roughly 175, and I looked great, and it was because at my highest I went I was at a family Christmas party with my in-laws and my uncle-in-law was basically laughing at how fat I was and I couldn't I could also felt embarrassed that I couldn't fit perfect I still fitted them but it wasn't perfect like these shirts they were buying me as my Christmas presents my my in-laws so I'm like you know it's like F that guy I'm gonna show him and then I whipped into shape but now I don't <laughs> I need that extra motivation. To well, for it. me, my motivation was
0: the first time was mainly I wanted to see if I could do it. I wanted to challenge myself, which is often my motivation in doing things. And I did do it. I lost, you know, yeah. And like at the end, like I lost the last bit of weight, like going on a canoe trip, like in the wilderness or whatever, where you just like I, I was getting a lot of exercise too. I think that was important, though. Ultimately some people think you can just do a bunch of exercise and lose a ton of weight and that's not really how it works It's you get into good good shape, but you don't. you need a diet to lose weight and Yeah, so what I'm doing now Is mainly trying to like maintain a roughly if I lose a little bit that's good because I'm I'm at like 195 pounds which I think is I'd like to be a bit bit lighter, but I think we all kind of feel that way unless you're already skinny, (laughs) but I'm doing calories in, calories out, which I think you're on as well, right? Basically, where you just... Just calories count, calorie counting, because all this stuff ultimately does boil down to calories, and it's just a question of, like, making yourself less hungry so you eat fewer calories based on whatever these diets are.
1: Yeah, I think, like, the reason... It was the, the effect, the reason paleo was good for me. It just forced me to eat less or eat less sugary stuff, like yeah. soft drinks or whatever, like restricting me to certain foods that uh, were heavy, like more calori- caloric dense. And now I think I'm just recently jumping back on, on this calorie in, calorie out approach because I think it might be like... Like, the important factor for both of us is, like, we're able to stay on something and not get off a train or, or, or feel terrible if we do get off. Yeah, and like, then,
0: if I want a piece of cake, I yeah. can have a piece of cake. It yeah. doesn't completely derail all my process, you know? Like, I just, oh, look, I had too many calories this one day. <laughs> yeah. We'll make it up. Versus the other thing it's like, suddenly my whole, like, what? system is just, yeah. like, oh, now I, I, I like sugar again.
1: Yeah, I broke a rule yeah. and now it's all over. <laughs> yeah, and
0: there, there's like the number one thing I think I've gotten the benefit from dieting is just like paying attention to what I eat and like if you're just thinking about it you just don't put garbage in your body as much right that's that's what it is like and I think not necessarily being completely so strict has been beneficial to me like obviously I lost the most weight when I was the strictest but it just didn't stay and and like it was just kind of miserable in some ways though I have a weird thing that I can just like turn my brain to be like I am a person who doesn't eat this I just like make it part of my identity and then kind of go with it but <laughs> after like a year of, you know I was like I, I, I want to I want to eat bread or whatever and yeah also I started traveling for magic and I was in the US a lot where there's a lot of food for a lot very cheap and started packing the pounds back in it was
1: bad I <laughs> <laughs> Not to, because we're saying we both were on a, a train and we fell off. But I've seen that happen just to a lot of people, a lot of friends, uh, close friends, and a lot of people that I met through the Magic community. Like, Scotty Mack was, like, this heavy into gym, going to the gym every day, being like a beast. And now he think, he's also probably more with, with our thinking, and because he fell off the train. And then, you know, it, it's just... Tough. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, like, when you first go
0: into a diet, you're like, I'm going to do this diet, and then I'll be, like, kind of skinny weight, and then I can go back normal or whatever, yeah. right? But the realization is that you have to find something. It's not diets are bad. You have to find a lifestyle, right? It, it's like, you have to decide, this is how I'm going to le- eat for the rest of my life. And I wasn't content doing that with the other diets I was on. I want to have the ability to, to eat, like, food on celebration times. I don't want to have to always, you know, I'm going to someone's house and, like, oh, I don't eat this and this and this, yeah. you know, like... Especially, and I'm traveling all the time. Like, sometimes you end up at a restaurant, it's like, well, you know, I can't eat anything here. Am I going to just eat nothing? Like, no. You know, I'll, okay, I'll have a sandwich or whatever. And then, oh, you know, what are you going to do?
1: <laughs> I could never do paleo or keto 100% just because going over to the in-laws, they're obviously going to cook rice. Yeah. So, you know, that I'm not, I am not going to be like, no. <laughs> no rice. No rice. No. 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 <laughs> No, instead you're gonna eat the rice. This is very good. Thank you. you so my yeah. best rice
0: I've ever had. <laughs> Even better than last week. So. How do you keep on doing it? <laughs> Knocking you out of the park week after week. But yeah, certainly like traveling. Like I don't travel as much anymore, which is makes controlling my diet a lot easier than when I'm away all the time. Like when I would be away, I remember 32 weeks out of the year, a couple of years or so, I was I was away from home, and that's hard. And it's and it's hard to maintain what you eat because, you restaurant food is, is a gamble in, in various ways, and often like the healthier things are also more expensive too. I joked at one point that I could create a new diet, and it's like you have to spend $15 on every meal. That's the diet. You have you're not allowed to spend less than $15 on a meal. Yeah, that's interesting. Because like you know. <laughs> back when I was eating on my worst or whatever I, it was partly because I had no money and like I, when I'd go out it'd be like oh I'll go to McDonald's and have a couple of like these cheeseburgers or whatever for a dollar and it's like you know spend three dollars and you're full but like it's just crap right it's just absolute <laughs> crap that you're putting in your body whereas like you go to a restaurant it's like oh I'll have the, the salmon with the, with the roasted vegetables or whatever you know, that's $17 or whatever and you get a tiny little piece of salmon right versus like oh 10 I'll have the cheeseburger with fries so
1: 15 doesn't work that,
0: right you could get like multiple Big Macs well you could but you, you, you have to get one meal that costs that much okay okay or like when you're preparing the food yourself you know you gotta but obviously that doesn't work you know we, we talked about privilege of, of wealth but that's one of that is it is a lot it is expen- more expensive to eat healthy than it is to eat like crap fresh fruit and vegetables and stuff and like meats and that's not aren't, aren't cheap whereas like crap you know is <laughs> all, all random pizzas or you can get a, a whole pizza dollar
1: for $10.99 like yeah. or whatever, you know, fresh and hot. A dollar pizza, man. A dollar a slice. Yeah. Samosas, man. <laughs> a, <laughs> dollar, a dollar a dollar samosa. A
0: dollar samosa you're getting ripped off. <laughs> I when I went while to we university. talk this we could
1: see an A&W right across the street tempting what, us when I went to university is when I first learned of the samosa because that's when it was like one of the key things they would sell to raise funds I hadn't eaten one before brilliant and it's good strategy I don't know what strategies. surprises
0: me more that that was the key thing they sold to raise funds <laughs> or that you've never eaten one before <laughs> tell us in the comments <laughs> <laughs>
1: And I eat everything. I, uh,
0: I I know that's my problem too. I think if I was a pickier eater, maybe, <laughs> eater,
1: maybe I wouldn't be so fat. But. I mean, I can't relate to people that. Well, I, I have. I've never, I've never eaten cat or dog, but uh, can't relate to people who who find like fish or. Chicken feet, at dim sum, uh, disgusting, and stuff like that. Just because you know, I, I grew up eating that stuff, so
0: yeah. I haven't had chicken feet actually. I'll, one of these days, maybe I'll try it. But fish, though, fish. I love fish. <laughs> you are what you eat, you know. <laughs> oh, and I'm a shark. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Yeah, we're sitting here next to a bunch of cheesecakes and chocolate mousse cakes and various eats-free goods. And, and it's kind of tempting, you know? These bad boys. Yeah. Doesn't it suck that, like, this stuff tastes amazing and, like, broccoli tastes like medium, you know?
1: <laughs>
0: like, I like broccoli, but still, like, you know, if broccoli tastes like cheesecake, I think there would be a lot less fat people. <laughs> Because our body actually thinks that stuff's good for us because we're, you know, programmed to try and accumulate weight because that makes it safer in case we don't have a, a good foraging or hunting season or whatever. But now we have overabundance of things and it's, we switched over from the fact that it used to be that, you know, poor people were skinny and wealthy people were fat and now it's the, the wealthy people can afford nutritionists and to be, have, have personal trainers and eat fresh fruit and vegetables and stuff all the time and it's kind of messed up um
1: uh, we went yeah, Magic the Gathering Magic the Gathering <laughs> went to an eSports fresh fresh brand new open place last Friday
0: yeah I hope they do well because they put a a lot of money into that place
1: I've seen different eSports cafe I just don't I can't really again, not relate. I, I I can't see the business model just because. Well, the
0: business model is to be a front for the mafia. I think.
1: <laughs> no, but seriously, like we look at that place. How much
0: money did they put into it? At least a quarter million, right? At least. <laughs> they have so many. Look at all the stuff they have. Right. Like it's. I would be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if it was half a million that they buying all those computers and chairs, and like, the VR system and even all the all this like. You know, arcade game things and video consoles and couches and full screen TVs. Like, and they ch- sure they charge seven dollars and fifty cents an hour. That's a lot of hours of people playing on their stuff for them to make make profit. That assumes that there's no like technical problems and nothing breaks. They have to hire people to like work there. They have to pay for the rent in the space. I just don't get it. The the my my napkin
1: math doesn't check out so <laughs> maybe, yeah maybe I'm completely out of touch but I thought like internet cafes died because the barrier of entry like not everyone get not everyone but it's easier to access the internet now compared to before where I even I'm pretty sure I went to these internet cafes or, or had to rush and, and get something printed fast and and I could see gaming systems even that at, at the time like oh, super high-end gaming system being out of reach for my budget and possibly needing to go to these places but uh i, I do see the appeal of, of uh what we did last friday me you Mexi, my wife playing league of legends and just like physically we got her hooked we got her real hooked we got her hooked and no you guys got her hooked because that was actually my first time playing as well but yeah Ryan always make a commission. <laughs> There is a positive in, in Just all All of us being there But I, it's not something I would do like Well Because it was opening night And not many people Showed up I think that's why Or the computers Weren't ready That's why we had We were able to play Free the entire night and just opening night That's why it was free And, and No but they said that on, on, on their ad It was like One free hour or something Oh did it? Okay So it's like Okay everything's ready For the night And it's like Will we still play like all four of us, seven fifty I mean, each. There, yeah, we were there for like what
0: four hours. Like that, even seven fifty is is kind of expensive. All, places I've been to, some, you know, that are not as nowhere near as nice, were like two fifty an hour or something, right? Which seven fifty an hour is a little steep when if you're there for a while. Like <laughs> that's that's the plan to pay it back, but like you have to really go there because you want to go somewhere super nice and. Usually, you don't own a gaming PC because you can't afford something nice. It's a catch twenty-two. Yeah. So I don't know. I. It's a cool, cool place, and they really, really wanted me to go there and play their ca- amateur League of Legends tournament because the guy looked as like, whoa, you must be a pro. I'm like, yes, but not at this game. I'm really bad at this game. <laughs>
1: what? What I do want to see is places like this succeed in terms of being able to. Make, maybe host and make money off of tournaments from the from the rake or whatever that, that they take uh, because there's... Like, for example, uh, Smash Brothers, which is, like, the super-hit fighting game, like, the hottest fighting game in the world or has been for the past few months, and I know of people that go to, like, a loft or an apartment every Monday to play a tournament where, like, the people who live there have a bunch of, I guess, TVs and consoles set up and, and they're taking in the money and but for me it's like it'd be cool to be able to like you know go smash bros street fighter or whatever like be a spectator to the best of the best of the local scene and to be able to watch that or hey maybe they have it's feasible for them to have like a local magic arena tournament that would be not garbage in terms of uh, i don't know yeah, like the,
0: like the Super Arena Cup, right? Your, or Arena Super Cup? Or Arena Super Cup? <laughs> You're pretty excited for that, right? You're going to win it this weekend? I think so. Yeah, I think so too, right? <laughs> Is there anybody else good in it?
1: I don't know anyone else except Rob Anderson. And Rob
0: Anderson, Grand Prix Toronto champion?
1: And, and some some of the other people I've seen on the, on the local uh, uh, local circuit. Yeah. Well, there's Maxime Auger, right? Maxime Auger, my friend, uh, Philippe Basselain. Oh, yeah. He, I've, I've heard
0: of him too. He's, he's a solid player. Yeah, so... And is, is Pascal Menard and Eduardo Sajlik doing commentary again? Yeah. Yeah, that's one to check out if you like French commentary. <laughs> also, if you like watching KWT getting getting his ass whooped. Oh, man, it's not, it's not going to happen. <laughs> no, you're going to win? You're going to win it? Should I stop by and, 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 and go there? cosplay as a cheerleader. <laughs> Just give, give, wave some, pom poms around. Be like, "Kyt, Kyt, he's our, he's our man." If you can't win it, someone else
1: can. <laughs> it's supposed to add another gaming cafe.
0: Oh, if it's not there, then I'm, I'm out. <laughs> okay. I was, I, I, that, that was, that was what made it. You know? <laughs> Otherwise, I was going to come in full, full cheerleader outfit. But... Please don't change it last minute, Pascal. to So <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: It's it's, again, it's it's like a shame that uh, I don't know the laws or whatever Canadian law or Quebec law that you can't like games of chance or whatever can't give money or whatever. But it'd be cool to have like
0: gambling laws and lottery laws, right? That only the government can run lotteries because they're too profitable for any individual to run.
1: I mean, it'd be cool just a, a local tournament that. I mean, am I just crazy that it would grow the scene if it was like if you ha- at that place the eSports Central Should place. Should we do it?
0: We just we we try and run an eSports Magic Arena tournament at that <laughs> oh, place.
1: No.
0: I mean, we could do it. Make it happen. You could you could you you could bring the Canadian community together like you have in in the past, you know. You could run qualifiers online, have people drive in. You could put the commentary on FDS <laughs> I you changed your name to Pascal Art and then basically.
1: Oh yeah, I didn't. I didn't say that about the the fasting thing you mentioned. For chess, it was like the chess and math place. It was like the middle of nowhere. I, I feel from what I remember that school. And my oh, mom- they,
0: had, they had they had tournaments in the most random places at times. Like usually in like random
1: school cafeterias or whatever. I had no choice but to fast because my mom would drop me off and she didn't know chess. She was bored, so she would just like drive away, and like I'd have Go to, to call casino? her. <laughs> Maybe um, um, she would disappear, and then I would have to call her, and then she'd pick me back after. And but but I think I remember the chess matches were like ten dollars entry, I believe, like the regular one or twenty max twenty. Th- yeah, ten. I think ten. I feel ten, and then like you didn't. What did you win? You won a medal if you were first. Yeah, and you,
0: you got store credit for for the, their store, their chess store.
1: Okay, so I probably bought a bunch of books. Yeah, I, you know, I have a lot of books and etc. Things, you know. How to how to reassist your chess? Fourth edition. Yeah, you, you got you got the fourth I, edition. I bought that way after my playing. Yeah, I, I remember.
0: Like <laughs> I would just, I would just give whatever I won in store credit. I think to my dad, and he would buy all sorts of stuff there. We have so many chess books and sets and all. Ch- chess stuff. My, da- my dad was really into chess. He's the one who taught me. And uh, I, play- I think he taught me when I was basically two years old. And back then, of course, I was not very good. He's- I think he would give me, like, two rooks and queen handicap. And he would still beat me. But then I slowly <laughs> got better and better. Until I was, like, the, the best in my
1: school, basically, in kindergarten. Well, I'm just thinking like $10 and that's the spot where I didn't really become friends with you there I just like knew of you and we've talked a bit that's my recollection and um, you
0: will have various I would record my games right so I have many (laughs) games saved of me me crushing you
1: I feel like I met some really close friends Uh, not close but I became close with a lot of people during that time that I would see because they would host one like every month actually I remember that. I think maybe it was even my... more than that. There, were, there were a, there were a lot of tournaments. Right. The regular one was every month, but then they'd host like something called the Grand Prix every few months, and then they'd have different types of tournaments. I remember basically going to a tournament every weekend, pretty much. Okay. So. Well, you were on a, on a on a jam schedule because of your dad. Yeah. <laughs> um, and. My parents didn't, didn't care about my career, unfortunately, uh, but I don't blame them. Uh, they have no concept of what a yeah, you chess player just was it. like. You just do it yourself. That's kind of cool. And the point is, like, it, it was... Am I just crazy? Like, these tournaments, like, they just gather people around and... And, like, if they weren't tournaments, I wouldn't have kept playing for so long. I wouldn't have kept seeing these people. Yeah. So, like, for me, it's feasible. Like, they do, like, a $10 Street Fighter tournament. People can even spectate the best of the local scene with, with all the nice setup that they have.
0: I mean, if they hadn't had Magic tournaments in the local scene, I wouldn't be playing Magic now. Like, you know, a lot of these, like, face-to-face would hold tournaments basically every weekend where you first place would be, like, a mox, right? Moxes weren't worth what they were worth now. But they're still worth, like, 400 bucks or something. And, like, that was a real tournament. That was a reason to, like, play and to try and get better. And those tournaments would bring out, like, all the best players in the community. And by playing with the good players all the time for something, everybody would get better and would keep playing. And it was kind of fun. I felt in some ways that was, like, the golden age of Montreal Magic. And then, like, now I come into a store and the tournaments are, like, like the same entry fee, basically, but then, like, you basically, if you make top eight, you don't even get like your money back, and you, you come first place, you get like a hundred credit. And they give like a drawing for a volcanic island to a random contestant, and everybody gets one back or something. And it's just such a different structure that just is not something I'm interested in participating in, and not something I would have played in to push me to get better and better back in the day.
1: We're at the age where store credit we don't really care about having store credit. I mean
0: store credit is fantastic, like especially at one of the greatest Magic the okay. Gathering stores and you know but <laughs> look the thing is store credit is effectively money, right? We've talked about when we talked about this GoFundMe, some of these people have who are who people are claiming are scamming are have large magic collections of dual lands and stuff, you know, like if you own all the cards in legacy, you're sitting on like a hundred thousand dollars of cardboard. Right. That's very easy to liquidate. Similarly, you know, if you have $200 in store credit, I'm pretty sure it's not that hard to turn that into $150 cash or whatever, right? You just go and, like, I would like to buy this volcanic island with my store credit. And they're like, okay, I would like to sell this for cash. Okay, here's 150 Whatever. So, other than that, like, I mean, I still spend a good amount of money on cards. I have to get cards for all the paper... Mythic Championships that I play so every one of those I spend like a thousand dollars getting cards that I might need and that I probably don't end up using all of them and I'm extremely disorganized so I at some point I discover I have like three play sets of Scalding Tarns though so that's a nice one to discover that I have random extra copies of I'll say but there's other random things like I think I have like way back in the day I would just forget like my remands at home and have to buy a new playset, and so now I probably have like 50 remands or something stupid like that.
1: But. The, the Red Bull tournament, I think it's base cash, the Red Bull League of Legends tournament that uh, one of the workers, employees, or, or whoever that guy was, was trying to get us to play. So, I don't know, maybe, maybe. I mean, there's a Red
0: Bull Magic tournament. I don't know you've seen that they're advertising. There's, uh, there's two arena ones and two real-life ones, and then the top two finishers from all four get to play another real-life one with like even more money and prizes. Altogether, $200,000 in prizes for those, those events and free entry. It's pretty, pretty cool to have some requirements and stuff, but it's a, it's, a, it's a move in the esports direction. It's kind of exciting. If I lived in Europe, I would definitely be attending one of the, the real-life ones. They seem pretty sweet. You get to like free-sealed deck of Modern Horizons or something, and
1: $60,000 in prizes for like 200 people. It's not, not bad. When I think about it, maybe I am being too blind and just caring about higher tournaments because at some point when I was still at the store, like Tuesday Night Modern, it would get 40 plus people. So if I, if I'm saying like something that grows the community some somewhere to meet new people that play the same thing as you, local Tuesday night modern uh, or legacy so, uh, Monday night modern was a good spot or um,
0: yeah. that's one of the things that they do miss out on with the current era of arena, right? You don't build that community of people that you play with and learn from and grow with in the same way as when you would go to your local store and play in FNM and then meet a bunch of people. Like, that's how I got into the magic community. You know, I had a friend who taught me to play and we went to FNM together and then I met all these other people, you know, and, like, I'm still friends with some of those people I met at, like, my first or second FM to this day and that's pretty cool. That's pretty unreal if you think about it that I because I met these people so
1: long ago. And so it might be possible if we somehow sell oh, yeah. this idea... Yeah. Of running a a Magic Arena tournament at this esports e- e- central place or or whatever it. whatever gaming cafe that would listen to us
0: yeah well we'll see see how much uh, how much of a deal they can make us because there's no way it's feasible if we're paying each for each person's seat seven fifty an hour right don't know. <laughs> but it would be cool I mean I'm always down to, for things that help and grow the community I think that a lot of the changes that have happened recently have been focused on the top-end stuff, which is what I'm mostly involved in, right? The MPL, like the, the, the uh, Mythic Championships. Uh, and I think that ultimately the, the, that stuff just gets affected by the changes that make, are made at a lower level. Like, I don't... Th- Montreal had a lot of Magic pros come out of it, and I, that's because, I think, of these tournaments, and that this, this the scene was ripe for people to push themselves to get better and if there's no incentive to do that if there's no community that helps foster that then it's just not going to happen you know you don't see that many good players pop out of nowhere there's a reason that like tight areas produce multiple good players often you know like let's say in the Czech Republic there's there's a lot of powerful magic players there you know top pros compared to how their population it's because you know they're a small relatively small community they've all lifted each other up and I think that you know when you brought Canadian Magic closer together is when there started to be a bit of a a magic explosion that you know people would communicate because of the internet they could talk to each other people in Toronto like David Kaplan who lived in Toronto I would never have like communicated and worked with him if it hadn't been for Mana Deprived and I think both of us gained a lot from that I, I learned of other other great players like Kyle Duncan Sammy T and you know the real John Stern Sean McLaren you know I can give I can give shout outs all day but <laughs> there's you know it, it's it's tough because Canada is a geographically huge country so the kind of Montreal community was like the Montreal Ottawa community for a long time and we didn't really mix that much and now I think mixes a bit more, but I, yeah. it feels like things have separated once again, right? I don't know. You're you you probably your your finger to the pulse more than I do.
1: Yeah, I think the what happened was just that the internet was not like Twitter and Facebook. Everything was new, so like the the, the networks were just not there yet, not easily. You can't just be like tweeting at John Rowe or tweeting at um, all these different players. Phil Sams. Phil Sams, P Sams, or or you couldn't. It was, like, because of... Edgar Mountlays. Mag- Edgar Mountlays. Detective Dollywall. Now it's so easy. Like, they're doing well. You could just tweet at him, hey, ship me a cyborg guy. But before, it Dave was, like... Rude. I feel Legend. like... I... Because of Doug... Hey, honestly, Doug Potter was one of my first uh, online friends. And he was from Alberta. And uh, I think that's why, even before I met Bosu, he had... He, had, he got himself a man private t-shirt or hoodie... He had KYT tokens, but, like, that was, like, again, no Facebook. It was... I, don't, I didn't just
0: chat one, with... Just one person is the seed that grows the tree or whatever and it makes their, the community thrive. Like, I think Doug was actually pretty important for for spreading, spreading the word. And, like, I ended up working with Doug, was, and he was pretty important to my PT win in, in terms of, like, some of the work he put in behind the scenes. And, like... You know, getting to kind of encounter that, that side of the room, like Bosu, you know, and would Bosu live in Montreal now if, if you and Doug hadn't connected through Manita Prep? Maybe not. Like this stuff has real effects on people's lives. And it's it's kinda cool when you think about it, you know, that you just pay it forward, right? Like and uh now I'm 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 talking to you instead of giving you the cold shoulder.
1: Like that's what you got from from, from all <laughs> I'm thinking about like Francis Toussaint Who you also worked with and Oh yeah Now, now it wouldn't be surprising If like If If like we somehow we sh- The technology we shifted it a bit We moved it around I think now it would be less surprising To hear that I help people connect But it was different then Then it's like I wouldn't ran- There's no way to randomly talk to some of these Albertans At that time do you think for all your work with this that you deserve an invite to one of the arena mythic championships? No. Do you feel entitled <laughs> I, to I don't feel. Work? I don't feel entitled. <laughs> <laughs> I actually feel like I We talked about this earlier, and yeah, you're you're, you're too humble, man. You're too humble. <laughs> but I do feel like I did a lot of community work with it. To be honest, when there was a special invite for near misses, and I had a few near misses, I think. I a few. couple GP top sixteens or something, right? Or or PTQ top fours. And but then I mean part of me wanted it to go up by so bad because it was so it felt so hard, it felt so impossible. Yeah, you have I've been there a hundred plus people. But uh, then, then I won two of them. Yeah. Basically back to back. And We're uh a boss. felt really good. Felt really good. Hey, you've won more PTQs than I have. Or than I ever will. <laughs> it felt really good and but the, the, the people were rooting for me to, to get that special invite. I, I didn't know really how to feel. I, I, I definitely didn't campaign for myself, nor was I um, publicly disappointed that they didn't pick me ultimately. Um, because well, I. I don't you were know. privately disappointed? A no. Little? No, no, I, I wasn't. Why I did just, you say publicly disappointed then? Uh, because I, I think I'm just like firing shots at people who like complain when. They missed sure, uh, sure. the invitation. Someone else got there. And missed, Unlikely
0: so. story. Like A very <laughs> likely story. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's.
1: Well, back we to we, it. Could, we could try and do that though. I think I yeah, think it'd yeah. be
0: cool. Like I think that Arena, you know, is still in beta, right? And I think that it's something that would be good for it is some sort of thing that enabled more community. I think one of that's one of the great things about these streams is that they kind of ken foster tr- a community around a stream and you can meet people who are interested in the same kind of stuff as you from watching watching the stream like you know ben stark has a limited product that he, he puts out and a lot of people watch that and maybe they meet some friends in the chat or something or in a discord that if ben has one set up i don't think he knows how to use it but <laughs>
1: so so i would do it this way i would have the engine be just total opposite of what's been happening in real life on Paper Magic. I would have it bring it back to the chess and math days, $5, $10 entry, and it could be even like, well, it depends how many people we project to participate. But like, it was like, you know. It's all about cost,
0: though. Like, I don't know if we can, you can run a tournament for that low price because right. everything gets more and more expensive. There's, GPs haven't just been going up in price because... You know, people are greedy. It's the, the, These venues are very expensive.
1: Right. So I think the,
0: often, you know, without side events or vendors and stuff, there's, there's a huge loss for, for running these events sometimes.
1: They would have to be convinced. Yeah. If we had to keep the margins low, we'd have to convince these places that we're bringing them new clients. Yeah, well, we'd have to get them to be,
0: like, sponsoring us. Yeah. And maybe we'd have to talk about them on this podcast or something, you know.
1: To sell out to the
0: corporate overlords
1: for, for, for the good of the community It's complicated
0: so it's,
1: yeah, it's complicated We're going to start Support the Alex Hayne KYT tournament series We have to We have to come up with a better name than that <laughs> I
0: mean <like> <laughs> <laughs> Table for you <laughs>
1: <laughs> Alright alright It's gone long enough I'll, I might even chop this to two episodes Because
0: Yeah this was a long one We're gonna cut it off, and and you definitely to cut out that part where you said all those disturbing things. (laughs) I didn't say anything. All right. Uh huh. uh -huh. So you so you're gonna cut that part out then? Because I don't know if I can be associated with someone who said all those horrible, horrible, horrible things. (laughs) Like
1: we said, Phil Sams. (laughs) (laughs) Like we said, don't tell us. uh, Don't tell us personally if you love us. If you truly love us. You don't even have to say it super publicly if you're shy. Just tag someone. Tell someone else. Like, actually, yeah. Just tell one of your closest friends, oh, man, I, I really love this episode. I really like this podcast. You should check it out. That's it. You don't even need to tell us that you did it.
0: Alternatively, you can send me some cryptocurrency, preferably Bitcoin, to the... I'll... We'll, we'll link my wallet address. No, I'm kidding.
1: shout to Sergio Ferry. <laughs> yes, sir. shout-outs to Sergio Ferry. Sergio
0: is gas. <laughs> I know he listens to our podcast, too, so he'll enjoy this shout-out. Bitcoin, man. Bitcoin.
1: All right. Hope you listen to our next one as well. Love you guys.